Ride With Us, presented by Ace, the American Coaster Enthusiasts. Welcome to Ride With Us. Ride With Us. Presented by the American Coaster Enthusiasts, a group of super fans with a mission to appreciate, promote, and preserve roller coasters around the globe. Around the globe. It's time to keep your hands and feet inside the podcast at all times. Here's your hosts, Clint Novak and Chris Roberry. Hello, my fellow coaster enthusiasts. My name is Clint Novak. And I'm Chris Roberry. And this is the official podcast of the American Coaster Enthusiast, Ride With Us. Clint, we are officially in spooky season. That was I, think, my, I think we scared away people. That was my spooky voice. That, well, then, oh, that then, what that was? Then it, it accomplished what I hoped it would do, and that was scare people. <laughs> well, it is the scaring season after all, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what different parks and facilities do given the circumstances for Halloween, which tends to be one of the biggest seasons for parks. Yes, uh, it, it's crazy how much the Halloween season has expanded over the last decade. And now to see uh, it have to go into reverse because of COVID is is very sad. But it's fun to see the unique ways that parks are getting around with it. Absolutely. And in addition to talking about Halloween, we're also going to dive in a little bit on what it's like to visit an amusement park that's actually open during COVID-19. ACE member Bryant Yeager is going to give us a chance to go with him to Six Flags Over Texas. And he has quite a few thoughts. And it's really interesting to see just how much has changed and yet how much is the same. All right. But first, it is time to get into our ACE event rundown. And I feel like a bit of a broken record here, but for the most part, we can't really do very many events because, well, let's be (laughs) honest, most of our parks are still pretty much closed up due to the COVID-19 pandemic. However, we always stopping us. It will not stop us. No, because in addition to some of those smaller events that you might see from your regional websites, we also, of course, have the Ace Southern California Trivia Night and the Ace Mid-Atlantic Meetup, which are all done virtually. So you have an opportunity to still have fun with your ace friends while at the same time being as socially distant as you can be. I, I know uh, I wasn't on the last uh, podcast, so I didn't get a chance to talk about it, but I had a chance to host uh, the Mid-Atlantic uh, tri- Coaster Trivia Night uh, a month or two ago. Had a blast doing that, let me tell you. It was it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like there was quite a bit of action going back and forth on that. It was pretty entertaining. Yeah, it was, it was good. I, I really enjoyed it. So, uh, But yeah, uh, definitely uh, make sure that you uh, keep in touch with the uh, Facebook pages of your different regions and uh, the national Facebook page for all the upcoming events that they might be hosting virtually. And you can also check out aceonline.org and the official national and regional pages, as Clint said, just to make sure there's any events that you might be able to have an opportunity to go and visit. Hashtags, Chris. Don't forget the hashtags. Oh, my goodness. You're absolutely right. Hashtag ride with ace on all of your social posts. That way everybody can see them, like them, comment on them and share them. <laughs> the hunt season is among us. Oh, I'm scared. I'm scared. <laughs> and that, my friends, is production value right there. <laughs> 100%. 
Oh, man. Well, okay. I need to say this first. Uh, Halloween season at the amusement parks is by far my favorite of the Halloween season. Or, of, the, of all of the seasons, not just the Halloween season. Of all I'd say, the seasons. You're about to make the whole, every season was Halloween season yes. if you had the opportunity. That's exactly it. No, it, I, I enjoy Christmas now that parks are doing it, but Halloween has always been my favorite thing to do at the parks all year. I would look forward to that. Um, and uh, it was really bittersweet because Halloween used to mean that was the end of your coaster season, but uh, now it uh, it just it's just uh, an added you know you got that Christmas uh, stuff too. But uh, yeah, by far my favorite. Over the last three years, I've actually been hosting my own like scary thing at Funland, which means I don't get to go out and visit parks and stuff as much as I would like to because I'm here usually scaring people. And really, I only do it so I can scare people because I enjoy doing it so much that I spend all of this money Funland money and building mazes and stuff so I can scare people. Well, I mean, I think that the owners will totally understand that. And also, let's, you know, be honest, just because you can't get out and do the scaring where other people are scaring you, you now get to act that out in your own facility, which I think totally makes up for it. Yeah, this year we had to do very, very low budget, so we had a whole bunch of haunted props from last year. Uh, We put into our laser tag arena. We're still playing laser tag, uh, zombie infection mode, and I am Dr. Fisk, and you're helping me eradicate my zombie problem because I've been reanimating bodies and not getting it right and throwing them into this dungeon, and now you're going into the dungeon to eradicate the zombies. Boy, that seems like some labor law violations, but at the same time, it sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> it, it, it is. It, I really, really enjoy it. Uh, it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's like, okay, I'm a nerd when it comes to operating uh, amusement park stuff. I'm very capacity driven on mm-hmm. top of safety. So it's like, how can we safely do this and get as many people through as possible? So now it's like, okay, I have the added element of it's not just a maze where you can just let people conga line through. It's laser tech. So we got to play a five minute game, but we also want to scare and have fun. So uh, the logistics of that is a lot of fun because we do pre-vesting and all this cool stuff and very, very involved. So a lot of fun, but it's nowhere near uh, what amusement parks would normally do this time of year. Kings Dominion, my home park, obviously still closed for the season. They didn't open for Halloween. Uh, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, I'm going to this Friday. They are doing a uh, tamed down version, can only have a thousand people or less in the park. So they have to uh, get around that with uh, uh, you know doing some certain unique things uh, as well you know no haunted houses nothing like that so every park is going to be different that's uh, that's the thing whatever state they're in it's going to be very very different Texas I would imagine is very different than Virginia when it comes to uh, the rules and regulations of COVID oh most definitely in fact the parks are for all intents and purposes open And so this past couple of weekends, Six Flags over Texas and Fiesta, Texas, they I wouldn't say they've been crowded, but they've been they feel like they're alive again. It's kind of nice. Uh, And you see a lot of folks doing the social distancing. They're all wearing masks. The scare zones, you know, their monsters aren't getting right up to you. They're sort of cordoned off, but it still has that fun sort of scary feel to it. And the ambiance has really Changed. It's actually, I think, better than it usually is during Fright Fest. So, because this year they're calling it Hollow Fest because they don't want to confuse the two because obviously a Fright Fest is not going to be exactly the same these days. But Over Texas did something really cool at their front gate. They have a boneyard, as most parks do, and they took all their old ride bits that have been sort of collecting over the years that uh, I didn't give away as part of the Lone Star Coaster Thon when I worked there. <laughs> mostly because it was too big to give away. 
but things like the old shootout sign that was on top of that Intamin parachute drop after they you know blew it up to get rid of it for the Texas Skyscreamer. They brought those letters back. They have the old flashback neon that's out there. And of course, it's not in the best of shape, but that looks perfect for Halloween. They even have old cars, old shootout parachutes, and they sort of decorated the front gate area with that. And man, it's like a ride graveyard on steroids. It was really creepy and cool. I loved it. It was a nice extra little touch that brought a little bit of history with just a little bit of terror involved at the same time. So I really liked that. And I also just loved all the additional decoration and just, again, like I said, that ambiance of fear. That was really cool to have. Yes, you weren't necessarily having monsters run out at you and scare you, but you know what? The park looked badass. It really did. And it just felt like Fright Fest, which you know what? In these days, just feeling like a little bit of nostalgia is good enough for me right now, all things considered. Oh, by the way, all the rides in the dark at night. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd be pretty good with that. The catch, of course, being line's going to be a little bit longer because they do have to have social distancing involved. But again, look, can we really complain? We have our theme park open. There are folks who are listening to us right now in California or New York who have not even had a chance to go out to their parks this year. So we're very fortunate. Yeah, we're Virginia. <laughs> yes. but we're, so we're really fortunate to be able to have just a experience out there. And we'll actually hear a little bit more about just the day experience uh, with ACE member Bryant Yeager in just a little bit. But in terms of just the experience, Holofest was really a lot of fun. I have to admit it was really good. You know, one thing that uh, I'm very interested in, uh, and I've actually scheduled a couple of days in the upcoming weeks to uh, check out, is the local haunts that, you know, just the standalone, like haunted house in the middle of a field, you know, kind of thing. Uh, They've been selling out tickets like crazy. And that's because, you know, there's a want for this kind of attraction. And when the big amusement parks have to close down, uh, you know, they people go elsewhere for that. And uh, and people are heading out in droves to uh, places like Ashlandberry Farm, where they do theirs, or Red Vine. Uh, those are places in Virginia that are doing it. But uh, I see people traveling a long distance to uh, go to, uh, you know, places, you know, two, three hours to go to uh, a, a scare, uh, you know, a haunted house uh, in a different state. Yeah, I know that the the haunt people are hardcore sometimes when it yes. comes to getting their spooky season on. And I, but boy, this year has certainly been far more challenging, I think, for them to do that. You know, the one thing that I'm actually really interested in seeing if it works is the whole idea of a drive through haunted house. Oh, okay. that to me seems really interesting. Not just a drive through haunted house, but just a drive through haunted experience. You know, the first so, thing that popped in my mind was the insurance to have drive through people and then having people scare. I'm like, uh, I don't know what insurance company would do that, but obviously there has to be one. Yeah. And I sort of see a market now for car washes after hours. Oh yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. That, just, that, you know, put, do that instead of, you know, closing at night and just you get a, a free wash and wax and, and, you know, you get the daylight scared out of you at the same time. Just, you know, make sure that that car's in neutral so it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah. They, they, people are definitely going to have to get creative as to how they're going to uh, pull off those scares. 
Now, I know a lot of folks also do home haunts where they just transform their houses into just these elaborate haunted pieces. You're one of those, aren't they? Well, okay. Uh, you know, I, I, I make the fr- I, I make the facade of my house look really cool, and I, I pass out candy for trick or treating, but I don't invite people into my house and try to scare them. <laughs> no, that would that would just be a little awkward. I, I can imagine. No, so, I, so oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, so I was curious, what are some of the things that you do to turn your front porch into the haunted porch of doom? (laughs) So the neighborhood I just moved into uh, is a neighborhood that, okay, I live in a very small community south of Fredericksburg. Um, And most of the communities out there, well, well, there are uh, communities that have like uh, everything in Virginia seems to be an HOA with a security gate and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a lot of those that exist at, at my exit in my area, but... But they uh, they they don't really trick or treating is not safe because there's no sidewalks there's no street lamps it's basically you're out in the woods you know and it's not not a good good safe environment uh, we actually moved out of those and moved into the place where everybody goes trick or treating and that's Ladysmith Village and uh, the reason is because all of the houses are really close together it's well lit and it is the only community in the area that's not gated so you can actually go in and out freely. And uh, my brother and sister-in-law live there, so we would go decorate their house and hand out candy and stuff. Uh, What would... Okay, uh, Chris, you're handing out candy there. What's a a big number of kids coming to your front door there to get candy? I mean, I've not seen a lot of people show up for, gosh, north of 10 years. Now, when I lived out in California it just wasn't a thing in our neighborhood anymore. Like the neighborhood grew up and that was it. Hmm. But I would say, you know, a good night, you know, like 30 to 50 kids would show up. Okay. And that let's seems say, about reasonable. Let's say you were living somewhere where it, you would be like, oh, that was really busy. What would that number be? Do you think? I mean, I'd say like north of 50, like to send me 75 going, you know, crazy. We did between 450 and 500 what? trick-or-treaters last year at my brother and sister-in-law's house. Whoa. Yes. So it is crazy. Everybody yeah, comes charge to admission. <laughs> Everybody comes. And so, uh, you know, I, I've got these really cool lights on my house that I'm not even done yet because uh, all the lights didn't come in. Then we had a hurricane. So and when I say we had a hurricane, I mean, you had a hurricane and we just had the remnants of a little bit of drizzle here for two days. That's well, what I mean. in full honesty. Yes. The Galveston area did have a hurricane. Dallas had uh, clouds. Yeah, we had we, we just get rain. It's just mm. like, oh, two days of rain. That's what we're going to get. So uh, so I haven't been able to finish my uh, my cool uh, set up but basically my whole house is lit the bushes everything and then i put some gravestones up and some zombies up and then i'll hand out uh you know uh, candy for trick-or-treaters and then i also set up a uh a nerds uh into lighting and effects will know what this is a chave geyser which is a uh, fog machine that has lights built into it so when it, it it throws out the fog it can color the fog like green or blue and i have a button on a remote so when they come up to me i give them the candy and i hit it and it fires off smoke and it's a, and they get scared and run off and it's great 
a perfectly such normal a, for spooky season. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they got to earn that candy one they way or the other. They got to earn man. that candy, yeah. And they do say trick or treat. Like, well, guess what? You're getting both. You're getting both. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, so this year it's kind of up in the air. Our neighborhood said, yes, we'll be doing trick or treating. Uh, so uh, we're allowed to go trick or treating. But, you know, a lot of people are probably going to opt out. Our house, we're not going to opt out. We already bought uh, 900 pieces of candy. Uh, so we're, we're ready to give out a couple pieces per person. Uh, some of that's already gone, so maybe we're at like 842 pieces. And that, that number is going to slowly dwindle till we get to Halloween, so we'll have to stock up a day or two before. So then maybe that's the move this year, is that while a lot of parks are not open, maybe just bring the park right to yourself. Like we sort of did at the beginning when we were talking about, oh, this is going to be a two-week quarantine, and people started making you know their own park attractions with you know, washing baskets and, you know, just some life and lighting in their living room. Maybe that's the big move this year is going to be, let's just do our own haunt and hope that this time next year, we're back to everything being normal and we can go in, you have zombies chasing after us and riding coasters in the dark and having a grand old time. Yeah. I I can't wait till uh, normal comes, but uh, I'll take whatever I can get. No doubt, no doubt. So what is it like going to a park that is currently open? A South Central's Bryant Yeager recently visited Six Flags Over Texas and gave us this report. Hello everyone, this is Bryant with the Ace South Central region and with all of these parks opening up around the country during these COVID-19 times, I did want to give you a review of my home park, Six Flags Over Texas, and how they're kind of handling everything. So several Six Flags parks have opened up across the country, and they're all theoretically going with the same guidelines and the same kind of discipline and upkeep of these policies. And I actually visited Six Flags Over Texas multiple times just to kind of see if things would change or if they would become more lax on the rules. And surprisingly, it actually got more and more structured as these visits went on. So one thing I love is the reservation process before you actually go to the park. So if you have a daily ticket, season pass membership, something like that, you just have to have the barcode, you go to their website, and you reserve a day, but you also reserve a time, which makes Six Flags a little bit unique. The first reservation system that they rolled out was a little bit rough, but they actually nixed that and then updated it to the Accesso system that they use for their purchases, and that actually was much more streamlined and useful. The only thing that you can't do is actually cancel your reservation. You do have to get a hold of member services, which can be a little bit treacherous. So the first time I visited the park, I pulled up to the toll booth where you would, you know, scan your parking pass or purchase parking. And they actually looked at my reservation, saw that I was about 15 minutes early and held me there. I didn't quite realize what was going on, but then I quickly realized that they are being very mindful of staggered entry, so you do not get to park before your time, which is totally understandable. Once it was my time, they scanned the pass, they asked if everyone in the car had a mask, of course we did, and then once we actually got into the parking lot, they had the parking spots socially distanced. So basically, you would have one spot, 
and then the next spot would be a cone, and then an open spot, and then a cone, basically just to kind of keep everybody spread out, because obviously people who are entering the park at the same time are very likely going to park in the same spot. Once you get out of your car and start to walk up towards the front gate, there is a kiosk where you can either purchase a face covering, or you can redeem the face covering that you purchased online when you made the reservation. And just to go back on the reservation, you can also purchase parking. Of course, if you have any kind of pass, essentially you have free parking. But if you need to purchase it, make sure you do it online because you cannot do it in person. And that's just one way they're trying to keep the face-to-face -face interactions down. The next thing you are greeted with is a temperature-controlled tent which is maybe about 20 to 30 feet long. And basically what this is, is a big thermal scanning tent. You walk through, there is medical staff in the tent. They scan your body with a thermal camera and you have to meet their requirements. If you don't, they actually pull you off into a room to the side, try to see if you can cool down to get a lower temperature. And then of course you go from there. And then lastly, the big change to entering the park is the touchless security process and what this is is they've stopped using the metal detectors at least at Six Flags over Texas and you walk straight through this basically touchless scanning your body system security has these screens where they can see what's kind of going on and the system can sense if you have a personal belonging like a phone, set of car keys, wallet, or if you have something like a gun or a knife. And I actually did see someone get pulled off to the side. The thing kind of goes off, makes a beeping noise. They checked that person's bag. Obviously, I didn't stick around for that, but it does seem like a very reliable system. So entering the park via the thermal scanning process and the security process took a total of maybe 20 seconds. I mean, it is just painless. And then of course you walk up to the main gate where they scan your pass with the handheld iPad type of deal. And then you're on your way. Once you're inside the park, you are immediately greeted with their Do The Six marketing campaign. They have this signage everywhere. It's actually a very clever way to kind of keep people reminded of the policies and the things that the park is doing. And it includes, you know, wearing a mask, washing your hands, all of that stuff, just being mindful. And like I said, that signage is everywhere. There's tons of social distancing markers in the ride queues, the bathroom lines, the food lines, and they either have this kind of set up with barricades or they have yellow painted lines on the ground to help people cue themselves, especially at the bathroom locations. I saw several employees every visit that were set up all around the park in yellow shirts and they had signage just saying, Thank you for wearing a mask. It's a very nice touch because it just keeps everybody more accountable. And it's not such an aggressive pressing way to tell you to wear a mask, but it kind of is, if that makes sense. So very nice to see that around the park. Anywhere that there is a guest and team member interaction that is the highest and of most intimacy, usually, you know, ordering food or at guest relations, something like that, there are plexiglass barriers set up. And of course, the team members have goggles, masks, gloves on as necessary. Rides are disinfected every 30 minutes. Basically, it's like a Ghostbusters kind of 
pack of disinfectant. They go around, they spray the ride vehicle, and then they actually cycle that ride vehicle so the disinfectant can sit, so that it can dry, and then they let you get back on. It's very simple, and I saw this multiple times. There are several clean teams that are roaming the park, constantly disinfecting high-touch areas, tables at dining locations, benches, etc. If it needs to be disinfected, it is being disinfected. These team members are in light blue shirts. It's very obvious to pull them out, and I, I think they probably did that so that if you have a concern, you can approach them directly and have that taken care of. There are hundreds of hand sanitizer stations throughout the park, especially at dining locations and ride entrances and exits. I never ran into a hand sanitizing station that was out of the liquid, so that is awesome. And the first time I visited, there were no hand washing stations, but as I visited, there were more and more hand washing stations with water, soap, paper towels throughout the park, just portable setups. And it was really great to see that they continued to add those as time went on. Probably one of the more impressive things that Six Flags Over Texas has done is implemented their mobile ordering system to almost every dining location in the park. Now, if y'all haven't used this mobile ordering system, I highly encourage it on your next Six Flags visit. You just download their app. You have to be inside the park and it is incredibly intuitive. You can use your dining pass if you have a membership, your discount works, and you can actually also order a free refill via the mobile app if you have one of the souvenir bottles, which is a really nice touch. So in regards to the dining areas, they are all spread out or they are blocked off if a table can't be appropriately used. I did not run into one eating area that was not social distanced really well. If you had a souvenir bottle before, you do not bring that to the park during these times. Well, you can bring it to the park, but it is not necessary to get a refill. They will hand you a refill and a disposable cup just to keep the whole touch-to-touch -touch situation at bay. Now, when I first visited the park, there was a very limited amount of food options available. This probably has something to do with actually getting people hired back into the park because once I made further visits, essentially every type of food that the park offers was available. I was also pretty impressed with the setup at the rides and attractions around the park. And as I said before, all the lines were appropriately marked to encourage the guests to social distance. And the rides are skipping rows as necessary to promote their safety measures. And those are actually blocked off in the queue. And then, of course, when you actually look at, you know, the roller coaster train or the ride vehicle, it is very obvious to know which row is available and which row is not. The other impressive thing is that the ride operators were heavily enforcing the wearing of masks when dispatching rides and interacting with people waiting in the queue. So I saw that every visit I went on and they're just really trying to make sure that everyone is following their policies. So obviously wearing a mask in the Texas heat for several hours can be a little bit taxing. So the park has set up tons of mask break zones throughout the park. I would say there are probably at least 10 to 15. They actually added more the more I visited. So the first time I went, there was a handful. And then the next times I went, I would see one or two more added probably as they kind of figured out where the best places were to put those. Now these are 10 minute limit zones and they are clearly marked with signage and there is also a red box 
marked on the ground to show you what that area is. And some of these mask zones are set up around benches. So they would actually mark the benches with these six foot areas so that if you were with a party, you were kind of staying away from other parties that were also taking advantage of this mask break zone. Of course, all of these mask zones are far away from high traffic areas. And of course, you do not have to wear a mask when you are eating at a dining location. So on top of the mask break zone, if you're enjoying a meal, of course, you're not going to have your mask on for that. So honestly, hopefully this kind of pushes the point across that Six Flags has had a pretty top of the line response to reopening during the pandemic, at least the park in Arlington, Texas. And I feel like the reservation system is very easy and the staggered timed entry is really great to help with the crowd flow. All the employees have been in great moods. They've been very positive about their park reopening, which has been very nice. It kind of helps with the whole, you know, stressful situation that's going on. And pretty much all of the employees I've run into have had their mask on correctly, have been practicing social distancing. So that's also been great as well. I never saw any kind of lax in the protocol during these visits, and that was something in the back of my mind that I was a little bit worried about with Six Flags, but they've been holding up really well. I can honestly say that it is one of the safest and most accountable public places I've gone to during the pandemic, which is kind of crazy to think about, but also is great at the same time. So if you're a little bit on the fence about visiting a park, I would highly encourage you to check out your closest Six Flags Park, see how their policies are holding up, because if they are following all of the guidelines, then it is a great place to visit. Thank you so much, Bryant, for that segment, and we look forward to seeing you at some of these upcoming ACE events. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up the Ride With Us podcast for this month. Uh, I want to thank the uh, the Ace podcast team, which, uh, again, me and Chris do all the talking. But uh, really, there's a lot more work going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Between folks submitting segments for us, those doing editing, and even just coming up with concepts, it's really a whole team behind us. So thank you all to everybody who helps out with this. We really appreciate it. And we would not sound as good as we do without you. That's right. And if you could do me a favor, while you're listening to this, you're listening on a device of some sort that has an app of some sort that has us in it. And I'm sure there's a way that you can like, comment, share those podcasts. That would be great if you could go back and tell us how we're doing. You can also reach us by our email. That's right. Just give us an email at podcast at aceonline.org. You can tell us, hey, I really like that segment, or hey, I've got an idea for a new segment, or hey. All right, guys. Thank you guys very much for listening. We look forward to seeing you guys very, very soon. My name is Clint Novak. And I'm Chris Roberry. Ride safe and stay safe, everyone. Ride With Us is volunteer produced by the American Coaster Enthusiasts. ACE is a registered 501c3 charitable organization founded for the preservation and enjoyment of roller coasters around the world. Visit aceonline.org for more information.